Well, hello, hello, and welcome to the show show, a show where four guys get together and talk about the shows. This week we have the new Amazon animated series, Undone. I am one of your hosts, Jay. You can find me out there at Jay Suisponte. Together we also have Aaron. Hey, you can find me at Tenacious Aaron on Twitter. We've got Adam. Hey, I'm Adam. You can't find me anywhere. I'm a recluse. You can find Adam at Adam Dong. You can find the show at the Show Show Pods. You can also email us the Show Show TV Podcast at gmail.com. And our fourth and very special host today is Tony. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, hello, I'm Tony. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at tpinquite1 or on Instagram at tpinquite. I guess I was faster on Instagram, so didn't have to use the one there. (laughs) But... <laughs> well, tell us about Undone, Tony. This was your selection, if I remember yes, correctly. I won the last Wheel of Pandemonium, and Undone was my choice. Actually recommended to me by a friend, but uh, to copy Wikipedia's description, the premise is that Undone explores the elastic nature of reality through its central character, Alma. And then, so after getting into a nearly fatal accident, she discovers... A uh, new relationship with time, space, and uses this ability to find the truth about her father's death. Uh, to go into a little bit more detail, her father died under mysterious circumstances to her uh, when she was very young. And um, it's kind of like a journey of her developing these powers along with uh, she sees her dead father as he's trying to guide her to change the past and discover more about his death. Um, and then it kind of leaves it open to your interpretation because um, her family does have a history of schizophrenia, so you have to make your own determination on is she experiencing these things, such as time, space, manipulation, or because of the head trauma she experienced in her car accident, is she hallucinating, and then also her family history of mental illness. But that's basically a summary we can open it up. and it's it's done in the cell shaded kind of style so if you've seen scanner darkly or <laughs> or some video games like borderlands uh where it has this uh well cell shaded art style uh it it really represents that in a positive light here I, this show is interesting because kind of like what Tony was saying, it, it leaves it up to the interpretation of the viewer as to whether this is just a classic case of schizophrenia or there's some reality-bending properties to it. Kind of kind of a weird one. Kind of a weird one. A little trippy. Well, before we get into the, the big questions of this show, let me pose you a little question. Uh, did you guys, as fellow Texans, enjoy the setting of this show? Uh, was it set in was, Dallas? No, it was San Antonio. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. Because they, you know, the um, the main character's boyfriend, he's a waiter on the Riverwalk. And, like, they they pretty clearly were trying to recreate uh, Casario, which is that restaurant on the Riverwalk with all those colorful umbrellas over the tables. Yeah, I remember that. Um, and like me personally, as my kind of uh, flyover state chip on my shoulder, I enjoy it whenever a show is based somewhere other than New York or L.A. If it was in San Antonio, where are the cliffs that the dad drove off of? 
because I mean they may exist. In the Texas, quarry, ice or, no, you know, the quarry. You got to remember the the Alamo was built from limestone that was quarried out of like the northwestern part of San Antonio, and so the quarry still exists that they mined that all out of. So like yeah, there's hills and stuff. Cliff face like that. Yeah. That definitely, if you go down there, there's 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 entire like subdivisions that they've built down in that area now called the quarry, like mm-hmm. and it's the historical area where they mined out all the limestone to build eighteen hundred, you know, Mesa, proto San Antonio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Interesting. I always love a shout out to Texas, being a location, I guess part of my brainwashing from early age probably well, I, there was one show i really like called the good guys and it's set in dallas mm-hmm. and that was one thing that was nice because you'd be they would like you know show something and you'd be like oh i i actually know where that is that's actually a part of dallas like mm-hmm. no one would park there be able to park their you know live in sh- uh, airstream in front of fair park and live there that's absolute bullshit <laughs> hour and a half but uh so me and adam have talked about this a little bit but what did you did you guys think that the art style worked like did was it effective in as a you know did they use it as an effective storytelling tool or did it feel like kind of like extra crap that they threw on top that they didn't have to i think it was necessary it's kind of like uh I hate to mention anime all the time. Like, if you tried to make it an anime show, live action, as good as that, but like the cost would be way too much. I think they did it as a necessity, like the themes and the time space stuff, and like the kind of like supernatural, fantastical elements of the show. To do that where everything was realistic, I think the budget would have exploded probably on this show. Whereas they can just like. Let's put a contrast cell shade filter on it, and then we can do like 2D animations basically almost for the harder stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's basically what I was thinking too. Because uh, this is a show that unspools itself very slowly at times, especially at the beginning, because our f- entire first episodes, we don't have anything supernatural or out of the ordinary until the very end. And so throughout that episode, I, I was questioning the animation style, wondering what the point was, and honestly a little annoyed by it. But once we got into episode two, where she starts sliding in and out of space and time, it, it made more sense to me. And I, I would argue that from that point on, I think, yes, it was effective. What, what were you guys thinking? Adam, thoughts? I, I see y'all's point. And why it was necessary for the show, and why from episode two going forward, it it played a pretty important role. Um, I just thought there were a few laggy moments in the animation that were kind of jarring and immersion breaking, that more so distracted from the show. Like especially if you looked at body movements and how they would move across the the screen, so to speak. Like there would be moments where it was just like, what? That doesn't seem right. It was like a, a laggy moment. That's the best way I know how to describe it. Uh, and that was a little breaking. But I do understand for some of the vistas, so to speak, that they had to portray, it it was pretty important. It played an important role. I, I just, I'm not sure how much I liked it personally. 
Uh, I think. I, if, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say I I do feel that in, in a way, like all the way up until the very end, it it did capture me. It did. Like I was, I wanted to know what happened, what they were trying to unravel. Like, and I felt like the art style in a way also added to that mystery because it, it added like in, in the way where like, if somebody was like, Oh, you're having hallucinations, you know? And you're like, Oh, well you can't tell what's real and what's not. But visually you to an extent can't tell what's real and what's not. What's an actual conversation that's that she's having versus what's a memory that she's having and experiencing. So, and I felt like the art style really added a lot to that. So. I mean, I think if, if this show was made in 1995, we'd probably have a mixture of live action scenes and then animated scenes. Uh, but I think if you did it that way, that me personally, that would pull me out of it. And I think the phrase Adam used was immersion breaking. I think that would be much more immersion breaking for me than what they did here with the, I think it's called rotoscoping. Because um, from, from what I understand, I think what they have to do is they, they actually film these scenes with live actors and then they go back and they trace over the film and that's how they create the animation. So with the exception of the sort of special effects shots, you know, for just like the dialogue scenes, they just had to film it anyway. Well, so Skinner Darkly came out in 2006. What was the one that came out before Skinner Darkly? Does anyone remember the other like rotoscope, like big film? You got me, man. Yeah, sorry. Don't know. I just remember Scanner Darkly and then the one other one that was just very, very similar to it. And it might be Richard Linklater also. Osmosis Jones. <laughs> Waking Life. Waking Life. Waking Life is also the cell-shaded kind of rotoscope style. So those were two big movies. That was 2001 and 2006. That, that style, like, I guess, broke into the pop culture. I mean, it's not my favorite, but I think it it got the do- job done here. So, do you think she's crazy, or or is it you know she just this lodged from time? She's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I right. want I want the fantastical to be true, so I guess I'll keep believing it. I I want it to be true too, but a, a key point for me is like why at the last scene. When she's like, let me just stay and watch the cave. Make sure dad's not in there, right? The sister could have stayed behind. And if this was, if she's not crazy, I think the producers would have had the sister stay behind. So we got the facial expression from the sister too. Who is not, you supposedly not schizophrenic. And that would have cleared up all misunderstandings. Oh my gosh, this is real. But the sister didn't stay behind. She went to the car. And then... Alma sees the cave and she has this shocked expression on her face, which just shows to me that she's feeding into her own delusions, finding a way for it to be real. And then, you know, well, but how do you, how do you reconcile the things that she knew that even contextually she should not have been able to know like about like the girl, the lady having a, a little girl who had died whatever or the mom kicking the dad out yeah or the mom kicking the dad out and why or that she was there that night 
There's no, there's no way for her to have known that. I mean, if, if a... I was coming at it from a skeptical angle, uh, kind of like the boyfriend pointed out, there could be a screensaver. There, there's tons of small details that the human mind picks up subconsciously that we don't fully understand. And maybe her brain had a method of picking up subconscious details and then acting on them. I mean, there, there are explanations for it. Uh, but who's to say? Who's really to say? I think the only way to find out would be to get her into a lab and run tests. Which is kind of ironic because that's what the dad wanted to do. But uh, that was apparently a... Oh no. So, I mean, it's, it's hard to say like where that info came from. I think it's intentional by the writers or the creators or whatever like uh, reminds me of my one of my favorite shows or maybe my favorite show the leftovers where like they specifically leave enough doubt for both because it's like a similar is this character crazy hallucinating or mm-hmm. are the supernatural elements real like and like i feel like they purposefully yeah they make sure the character is always alone when that stuff happens so is it alone because i don't know I think it's on purpose. I kind of like that part of it. Maybe it's because I like the leftovers and I like that part of this one too. But yeah, I think that's intentional. They had the sister leave so you could be like, you never really know. Yeah, is she crazy or is this happening? Yeah, I definitely got some leftovers vibes here. Maybe that's why I like this show. (laughs) Agreed. This show reminded me a lot of Wilfred in the sense that it does like a deep dive into psychology. Mm Mm-hmm from the perspective of the person affected by the psychological disorder. And you don't feel Legion? Like, that seemed to be a big theme in uh, Legion, too. Legion, maybe, but Legion definitely got more into the Marvel superpower universe, so it's kind of hard for me to, like, put that in the same category as, like, a, a deep psych, uh, psychology show, because he did actually have superpowers. <laughs> so it's it's... Not exactly the same. I mean, there's definitely some tendencies that you can pick up and that if you're, you know, a psych professor, you'd probably love to watch because you can see all that stuff. But I don't know. I just see them as two different shows because they're more grounded to reality. Uh, Shows like Undone and Wilfred are more grounded to reality than something like Legion. There's not Like it's crazy people in the real world, not crazy people in Marvel. Well, there's not really a fantastical element for anybody else. It's just for the main characters, right? So in Legion, like, well, hold on, hold on. Everybody else could see him moving shit around with his mind. In Wilfred, the mom, the mom had a cat that she had the exact same phenomenon with. Like there, there were other characters in it, and in his family, who had a similar kind of psychosis or delusion. So, I mean, it's not necessarily fantastical, but I will at least point out that that's one of the things with Wilfred that kind of, like Tony's saying, they obscure the the answer enough to where you can choose to believe it's all crazy or it's all real, and you're not really wrong either way. That's what I think that these kind of shows want to leave you in, is they don't want to answer it. They want to leave it in the unknown. Because in in a certain regard, doesn't it kind of also make it a better story where your mind gets to fill 
how you feel the story should play out as opposed to them just telling you the answer and being like, oh, yeah, that was a shitty ending Game of Thrones. I wish you would have just left us all hanging. <laughs> Sounds like they you got fun. some uh, some beef with Game of Thrones. Maybe it, some the last Game season was pretty shit. I think universally that's that's yeah. what people think. Agreed. Man, these meant these like uh, cerebral shows. Like they, you ever feel kind of like I don't scared is too strong of a word, but just like man, the mind is a crazy thing. Like so powerful like it's like scary like if that was happening to me i don't know if i would slip into it or not it yeah no it definitely is one of those things where because i have had family members who have had like alzheimer's or or something like that like seeing what the human mind can do and do to itself is it's a little crazy it's a little nerve-wracking Jay, if you've been saying stuff, you've been muted. I think maybe I see your name popping up sometimes, but oh no, I've I've oh. I've just been uh, listening. He's just been did the art it. style not make Alma, or I think I looked her name up. Was Rosa Salazar look just like Aubrey Plaza? Yes, very, very close, <laughs> very yes. very close, <laughs> very much so. It also made but, it a little difficult to believe that Bob Odenkirk was part indigenous, but. Yeah, that's my own baggage. Can I also say this? Was there a point to the cochlear implant? I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right, but the uh, like her Alma's character, Mm -hmm. like she's schizophrenic, maybe, or it's in her bloodline. She's also apparently deaf and she gets the the implant. But why, I guess, as a storytelling vehicle, why was that necessary? Why was that really? Part of the story, just so she can like, turn off the 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 real world, maybe add to her delving into her own mentality. I, I I don't know. Like to me, I just was like, okay, I guess she's got a disability. I think it adds to that theme of perception versus reality. When does it match? When does it not? And how our our perceptions of that reality as humans are inherently flawed. But they can be augmented sometimes through technology and Western medicine mm. and sometimes through more spiritualistic means, I think, uh, that we see through the, the indigenous, you know, the, the drum circles and the, and the songs and things we saw on the show. I think that that's where it comes in there for me. Well, very good. Yeah. It also I, could just be to... that, you know, it's 2021 and we have to start checking boxes about people's identities. And here we have a disabled woman of color. So you just check, 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 you know? Yeah. Well, they also use it kind of in as a way to show that she's kind of lived her whole life kind of trying to not really making her own decisions that affect her life in a big way, kind of trying to please people. That's kind of why she's like mad at herself in the world kind of too. Mm. I felt bad for the boyfriend, like in, in a similar situation, everything that's going on. Normalcy probably is the best thing for someone with head trauma. So I, I didn't feel that he was necessarily a bad guy for just, oh, we didn't break up. I don't yeah, know. like what a what a position. <laughs> there are some selfish in. motives there, though. Th- there are, but at the same time, it is true that like routine and normalcy 
are some of the best things for people who have amnesia or have head trauma or memory issues. But if, if that was his only goal, why move or rearrange the apartment? Well, everything had been moved out. It wasn't rearranged. Oh, he, he, he had to intentionally. Put, he had to put it back, and he just didn't put it back right. So that's why everyone kept saying, "Did y'all rearrange this?" Right. I think just like everyone in the show was a little bit of an asshole. Mm-hmm. Like the boyfriend's a little bit of an asshole, even though he like, seems to be a good guy in most respects. I mean, there's an easy solution to be like, "Hey, the doctors say you need to uh, decompress by yourself." I moved all my stuff out to give you some space. Like that is an option he could have taken. True. Versus, like, I don't know, like, in a court of law, he probably borderline uh, rapes a strong word, but like, if he had sex with her, like, under false pretenses, that's like, I think criminally, well, y'all are lawyers, so y'all know better than me, but like, it's like having sex without, like, saying you're going to use a condom and not using a condom or something. It's like almost like a trick. There is, there is definitely fraud or, or at least fraud potentially involved. Like, if you, like let, let's say like you marry someone and then secretly divorce them you know and you get property or something like that you're defrauding them acting like you're married so i i feel like that this is just fraud yeah that's why i said that's too strong of a word for it but yeah like nobody was a good person in this show that i can think of like all the way through Shitty humans doing shitty things makes the best television. What about the the dad's assistant? She seemed pretty like just screwed over in every way. Yeah, the children's the children's like a teacher guy. He was he seemed pretty pure. Yeah, it's true. Was that Jefferson from Hamilton? No, it was uh, David Diggs. Yeah, okay. that's it's that's exactly who that is. Oh wow. I'm sorry. It is Jefferson. It is him. That is Jefferson from Hamilton. Yeah, it's the guy He's from Hamilton. La- I, I, La- I, I kept seeing his face. I kept hearing myself him say, "What did I miss?" And I was like, "Is that him? That's him. Mm-hmm. That's not him." <laughs> no, that's him. <laughs> yeah, it's it's Lafayette and Jefferson. Yeah, plays both roles. That's crazy. So very cool. Well, I guess are we ready for some scoring? Or are we? Uh, where, where are we at? Sure. Let's get because some score. Where in. they left the show, there's not really like much we can definitively say, like on the ending, right? It's it's open ended on both sides. Yeah. I guess we could describe if we want to go like spoilers to, to describe how the plot ended up, basically. From the, well, we, yeah, we generally, are, this is a spoiler cast, so if you haven't watched the show, I, I feel bad because we've said definitely lots of things like driving off cliffs and stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, I thought the reveal that the father killed himself uh, due to everything about his life all caving in on him, I I thought that really soured the ending for me uh, and just made everything that came before it just feel pointless. Less than. Less than. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Um, so I, I was really let down by the ending. What about you guys? Yeah, me too, in a way. Like... It, they kind of brought it back a little bit for the potential for some fantastical option, but I mean, it, it, it kind of shows that, like, first of all, the dad didn't have any information, right? After the incident, he didn't, like, remember anything conveniently after he left Alma. Uh, so he has no idea who could have possibly killed him or anything like that. And then you also have when 
all the suspects are investigated enough by Alma, the truth is finally revealed that oh, there was never it was never a murder. It was a well, I guess it was murder suicide. Uh and in the sense that the dad drove off the cliff. So it's it's tricky. And that, that Can, you're right, it definitely leaves a sour taste. To me, that that choice to have that be the outcome revealed to me, or at least solidified in my mind, that she was crazy. And the reason why is that he didn't know. That if if it was fantastical, if it was time traveling ghost, then he would have known from the get-go. The fact that once she knows, he now knows to me reinforce that it was just a figment of her mind it was just the disease the um um psychosis that was driving the ship and the moment that that new data was entered into her mind her entire framework starts shifting the figure starts saying i'm not worth saving my our original value system and the framework by which we were operating under no longer works you know and, and to me that that is more how human minds operate, you know, like self-rationalizing to a certain degree. So that's how I saw the ending was that it was kind of a, a confirmation that, yeah, you're just crazy. Your dad was crazy. Your grandma was crazy. Your dad killed himself. And you're now slipping into a tetherless reality. Also, when, when the dad kind of explains away, well, I, I assumed it was because of a trauma that I didn't remember because of the crash. Now I'm starting to see that it, it may be something more. Alma just follows right along with it. There's no questions. There's no, like, wait a minute. That doesn't exactly that, that make sense. sense. It's just that like, no, it's like, oh, that makes total sense. Of course. Right. And that kind of goes along with that self-rationalizing part of, yep, no, that tracks. We'll just go with it. So probably crazy. <laughs> There's a lot of problems with time travel in general it's like once you start thinking too much about it that's true yeah but there's there's a way to do it well and it does inevitably involve some hand waving and some smoke and mirrors and misdirection and it will unravel if you think about it too much but there there are examples of of you know shows and movies that can do it well if you guys have ever seen the um it's just like an hbo movie um Oh god, what's it called? Frequently asked questions about, about time travel. That. Yeah, so good. Like that's that's a great example of how they they do time travel in a fun way where, where you know the I think the light tone of it allows you to not pick it apart too much, but maybe the the constant dark and serious tone of this show kind of invites that kind of criticism. Also true. And also no one takes hot tub time machine seriously. Gr- uh, another great example. You know, it's a fun time travel movie that's like, don't think about it. Don't think about it. You know? (laughs) Yeah. Like in the Star Trek films, the one where they do time travel like the most or to the greatest extent in the plot is the one where they're rescuing whales. It's the silly one. Yeah. Like, (laughs) a hot tub time machine reminds me. Do y'all ever watch those? uh, I think they're done by Screen Ramp, but uh, pitch meetings for all the different movies. No. Oh, they're pretty good. They're like basically spoiler ridden, but they're just like uh, they take a movie and the guy pretends to be an assistant pitching a movie to a movie movie exec. 
they kind of just like pull all the plot holes. But you mentioned Hot Tub Time Machine. It made me think of this joke on uh, Finger's Endgame. He's like, yeah, they reference all these time travel movies like Hot Tub Time Machine. He's like, wait, they reference Hot Tub Time Machine? Where Sebastian Stan is a character in that movie, but he's also the Winter Soldier in <laughs> the Avengers. <laughs> I feel like there's a couple other movies in there like that. I love meta stuff like that. That's always great. Well, good news is we're going to get a season two of Undone, uh, according to Wikipedia. I, I would watch it. I'd like to see where they go with it. I'd like to see now what they do with it. But I, I will also say I'm a little skeptical mm-hmm. because of how they chose to end it. Like mm-hmm. I, I, it's going to be hard for them to pull it back. Like, like I felt like up to that moment they had done a good job of keeping it. Is it crazy? Is it real? And then for me that was just kind of the moment that I was like, oh, she's crazy. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that that's just how I felt. Yeah, I, I guarantee if they do for... come back, they're going to be like. She's going to find another rationalization of why this is true, but she can't prove it to anybody. And then you're just going to go along for another season two of what we saw in season one. I wonder if it was always the plan for season two, because I feel like they left some things without payoff, which maybe they just forget because it happens. But like, I thought, because uh, she's, there's a couple times where she talks to herself like, no, I don't think that's a good idea. But you don't actually see her like usually you see what she sees in mm-hmm. experience with case and there's a couple times where you don't you just see her talking to the thin air or like the camera's facing her and what she's talking to is where the camera is i guess uh you don't see it and like almost, and uh her grandmother what's her name Geraldine or Gertrude is a g name uh she like says almost the same thing like when she's cleaning and her dad's a young boy she's like talking to something I don't know, when she's at the door confronting that Daryl guy, Mr. Skinny Arms, uh, I feel like she loses her memory. Like, she just stops, and she turns around and rings the doorbell. She's like, we got to talk to this guy. Like, she was almost possessing herself, kind of like her dad does to his self, or what we think he does in her flashbacks. So I kind of wonder if they left those things, and, like, the little boy, she kept seeing him drowning. That never had a payoff. I wonder if they left those things on purpose, and maybe we see, like, her visit her grandmother, or her talking to herself again in scenes from this season and the next season or something. I, I could see them. It, it could be really interesting and maybe they pull it back somehow, but I, I, I don't know. I I'm, I'm curious. So I'll give it a watch, but I'm skeptical. I'll probably watch the first two episodes because if I, this is one of those shows where it's like, Hey, don't just watch the first episode. Don't just test pilot the first episode. Because in my opinion, the first episode, pretty garbage. Uh, you definitely need to like watch three, maybe four episodes before this really hits its stride. And for the first or the second season, I'm I'm not I'm gonna continue that methodology and like probably watch two or three before I give it a judgment call. Because I, I ended up just watching episode one from this show and was like, Oh my god, this is gonna be terrible. It's gonna be awful. And then by the third episode, I was like, I was pretty hooked, like decently surprised. But still, it's, it can be a slog at times. It, has, it definitely has its slow moments. I was so, glad the episodes were short, too. I think that probably yeah. helps deal with the animation style, too. If you, if you were to watch it on a weekly, weekly basis, it's a lot easier to 
it's more palatable in shorter doses, I feel, than like if they were hour plus mm-hmm. episodes. Yeah, agreed. An hour of that would have been a beating. For sure. Well, shall we rate this show and get out of here? Well, and Wheel, Wheel of Randomonium. Wheel of Randomonium. Can't forget about that. Well, let's start with Aaron. Give us a rating on Undone, season one. I I think that it had a lot of interesting things. I think it's tapping into a lot of interesting aspects of modern society and people's insecurities with their minds. Um, and, and in that regard, I felt like it was fertile ground to have some really interesting stories told. I felt that some of it, I I felt a little bit preached at to some degree. Like I felt like a lot of the drama stuff was so so crafted heavily that I was like, Ugh. I just felt a bit trudgy at that. But uh, I thought I did feel that the art style paid off. I felt like that it that helped. It helped me immerse into her psychosis and or time travel a little bit better. Um, and so I'd probably give this like a six point two. Um, I think that it could have done better, been a little more interesting. I do feel that the art style carried it. That that it, that's if this was not done in this art style, this would this show probably would have been a little bit more throwaway, forgettable. But because the art style was there, it it has this unique touch to it that makes it stand out a little more. So that would be my my thoughts. It's six point two from Aaron. How about you, Adam? I'm going to give this a six. Uh, I think it's a show worth watching. I don't think it's the greatest show. It has some niche elements that kind of make it different from shows like it. Uh, Art style being one of them. It can be slow at times. And that that's really a problem for me in the show. Because when I sit down to watch a show, I don't... Kind of like what Aaron said. I don't really want to be preached at. I want to be entertained. And this had moments where it was just like, okay, you have to tell me all this stuff to get your point across, but I don't really want to hear it. I just want the show to progress. So that kind of throws in a few minuses for me, but I think six is where the show should sit at. And hopefully they come back and like really redeem themselves with a season two, but I don't, I'm not going to hold my breath for it. All right. Six from Adam. Uh, for me, I really enjoyed this show for the first six, seven episodes. I felt like I really got to know the characters and cared about them, uh, even though they they all have their flaws, uh, but they all were just real people, it felt. Uh, I also... I, I agree with what you guys are saying about the animation style. In, in the long run, it kind of wore on me. It wasn't really my favorite thing. But then the, the ending, it really killed it for me. So I think this went from a solid 8 to, I'm going to give it a 6.5. You know, would I, rec- would I recommend this to, this to other people after the that last episode? I'm not really sure. And I might wait until some of you guys watch season two to see if I'm in for that. So that's a 6.5 for me. How about you, Tony? This is your pick. Give us your thoughts. Uh, yeah, dang. I don't want to seem like a copycat. Uh, I'm going to match your 6.5 skinny arms out of 10 uh, with my book. I thought that acting was really good. Like Rosa Salazar, Alma. I really. I feel like she was the character. Like I thought she did a great job. Everyone did mm-hmm. good, but I feel like she was excellent. Uh, 
and I really like. I feel like the moments with her and Sam, uh, Alma and Sam, her boyfriend's character, uh, were really good and well written. And then yeah, the art style I think it'll age well. Like if they did this with CG, because I mean there was gonna have to be some heavy CG elements. Not that there wasn't any CG, but like if they tried to make it lifelike or photorealistic in five years from now, we'd be looking at it like. Uh, but I think the art style might buy it mm-hmm. some longevity, be nicer to it in the history books. So, yeah, 6.5 for me. I did enjoy it. I hope, yeah, that I think they could have done some elements better, but I'll probably watch the second season. All right, we got a 6.5 from Tony. That gives us an average score of 6.3, which looks like this will put it kind of at the top of the bottom quarter uh, sandwich between Cowboy Bebop and the first season of Ozark. That's I can fair. see. Yeah, I, th- I think that's fair. Well, are we ready to spin to win? Let's do it. All right, here we go. Start sharing. Tell me, make sure that y'all got this. Oh, wait, hold on. Uh, before we spin, have you spin, spun yet? No. I've not spun. Oh, can I change my show? Of course. Previously, Jay had notified me that Underground Railroad was his pick. We're yes. now picking that, changing that. I just, I would like to change that to a show called Siesta Key. It's a show about intrigue between wealthy young people on the Florida okay. coast. Why? Yeah. Okay. What? Uh, okay. So, Invincible. What is that on? It's on Amazon. It's an animated, like, uh, superhero type show. Is what it looks like. I haven't seen it, but it's been pretty hyped up lately. Okay, Toast of London's on Netflix. Netflix. Shadow and Bone, Netflix. Yes, the key. That's on Paramount Plus. Paramount. Okay. All right, are we ready to spin? Sure thing. I'm ready. I'm going to shuffle to keep it as random as possible. And here we go. Siesta Key. Wow. Right. I can't wait. I can't <laughs> wait. So Siesta Key on Paramount Plus, I'll have to look into that because I'm not sure that I have that. But that is fantastic. About, I might know a guy who knows a guy. About yachting. Is this is this one of those ones where we're gonna watch people who are completely disconnected from the real world yachting around on their yachts? Uh all of that's true except for the yacht part, yes. Oh, you can watch it on MTV too. Not MTV two, or I also. No, it was it was originally aired on uh, on MTV, the network. Well, very good. Well, that is our show for next time. I hope everyone enjoyed our episode today. Uh, over undone. Feel that we were all undone at the end of it. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us, everybody, and we will see you next time with a review of MTV's Siesta Key. Yay!